0: Well, Brother David Spurgeon, um, I'm so thankful that the Lord worked it out for him to be here. Years ago, when uh, I was at the church in Idaho, one of my responsibilities was to oversee the content of our bookstore and uh, the track uh, distribution and so forth. And I remember many, many years ago reading Brother Spurgeon's testimony, the track that, I mean, we, we uh, sold a lot of those tracks for people to hand out. And I remember reading it and just thinking, what an amazing testimony of God's grace. And then, uh, I guess it's probably been maybe ten years ago, thereabouts, that I had the privilege of meeting Brother Spurgeon in Toledo, Ohio. And I remember after reading his uh, track and his story and thinking, wow, this guy's been, uh, he's nationally known, and just what God has done in his life, I thought he must be like a celebrity, and the first thing that I was taken back by Brother Spurgeon is just how real and humble, and uh, it, it was just a joy from the very first conversation that we had, Brother Spurgeon, and uh, your wife's smiling, so I don't know if I'm telling the truth up here or not, but... <laughs> Anyhow, um, I, I do I really appreciated just uh, something about our first conversation. The Holy Spirit just touched my heart, and uh, I started praying about having Brother Spurgeon in and prayed for a number of years, and uh, being unfamiliar with him, never having had him in a meeting uh, before, uh, I just prayed about it and said, "God, you work it out in your timing, And so folks, here we are. And I do believe that uh, this is a meeting that God has providentially designed, and I'm looking forward to seeing when it's all said and done what God's going to do. Now, before he comes, let me say this. Uh, We don't pass an offering plate because of COVID, but if you would like to give a love offering to uh, Brother Spurgeon. You can just mark it on uh, one of the um, tithe envelopes and drop that in the box back there by the uh, water fountain, and we will make sure that all of that goes to him. One way or another, as a church, we're going to take care of the man of God, but if you would like to express your gratitude and uh, help out with that, then you are certainly welcome and encouraged to do so. So, Brother Spurgeon, you come at this time. And uh, I, I believe that people I'm looking at their faces, brother, and it looks like people are ready to hear the word of God, and so we're going to have a great time as always. Uh, we want you to be yourself because that's what we're going to be, and we'll have a great time in the Lord. God Thanks, bless. sir.
1: All right. where am I supposed to stand? Does it matter? Thank you because I'm really glad. Uh, it's going to be here. Good morning.. Mm-hmm. And my name is Dave Spurgeon, like preacher said, my wife Susan's with me. Do something, wave, do something. Amen. And uh it's real privilege to be here. I met Brother Mitchell, like he said, uh been a long time, quite a few years now, and I've always wondered what the holdup was, why he hasn't called me. And uh so and but God's got a, a timing thing, and uh, we're glad that uh, in such a time as this. Uh, that we're here this morning, I'm glad that uh, uh, the things that are going on, COVID or whatever, uh, is disrupted a lot of things in the last year, but I'm glad it didn't disrupt this. And uh, it's a real privilege to be here. Uh, when Brother Mitchell says, that when we met, uh, that they referred to some kind of connection. That connection is the blood of Jesus Christ. That connection is the Holy Spirit of God. That's what enables us to go church to church, cross country, every state, 24 years now, and walk into places like this where we don't know anybody personally, maybe Brother Mitchell, Brother Carpenter, I've met, uh, but, but we have a kinship because of Jesus Christ. And that's the beauty of the thing. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. It's not about me. It's not about you. Didn't offend anybody there, did I? It's about him. Thank God for his book. Take your Bible this morning. Open it to Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah chapter 9. Brother, I have visitors that came in today from the Washington, D.C. area. Amen. Now they're on their way to Florida, but I'm still claiming them. Amen. And uh, so let's look at Jeremiah chapter 9. One of my favorite verses are these two. Uh, Verse 23. And the Word of God says this. Thus saith the Lord. You know, it's good when you just see that phrase. To take a special note. I mean, the Bible's true. The Bible's inspired. The Bible's the Word of God. The Bible's all good. But He made a point through His men, through His prophets, uh, through the years, uh, to begin a passage with those words, and that ought to just help you key in, just the, maybe a little more intently. Uh, Thus saith the Lord. This isn't Jeremiah's opinion. It says, "It says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory." In his riches. Well, you know, you've come to know this. Those are the things that the world glories in. Absolutely. And God tells his people not to. Amen. And he says in verse 24, he said, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, notice again, saith the Lord. I tell you, to mature as a Christian, you do well as you go through your Bible uh, to see things that pleases God, things that God delights in, uh, and, and start delighting them in more yourself. Uh, when you see things that God doesn't like, I mean, He hates some things. Uh, you need to make a point that if, you, if you have a tendency toward that direction. It's time to start praying about getting that uh, whatever it is out of your life, whether it's a habit or a, or a, you know an affection. He's pretty clear about some things, and he says, But let in the glorious glory in this, and he understandeth and knoweth me. First of all, the Bible says, uh, uh, The Bible says, the words of the holy, knowledge of the holy, I think it's Proverbs 9, is understanding. So before we're ever going to understand God, we have to have a relationship with his Bible. So I just thank God for his Bible. Amen. Thank God that he'll save us. And I didn't know any Bible, I didn't know which Bible, I didn't know anything. I got saved in jail. Amen. And uh, there's people that said it'll never last. Well, it's been 30 years. So far, so good. Amen. But then I got in a little church on the backside of Dayton, Ohio, and uh, preached open the Word of God faithfully, I mean, for years. And, and I was pretty active when I was lost, so I just figured Jesus Christ deserved that much uh, dedication. And I went to everything. I went to Sunday school. went to Sunday night, all the whole thing. And I learned some things. And I learned some things from the Bible. And I learned to understand God more. Amen. I learned to know him better, and, and, and I've learned this. The uh, Bible says, if, if you're going to brag on anything, brag on me. Amen. It says in Proverbs chapter 20, and verse 6, most men, <laughs> most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. And don't you know that true. If you paid attention to the news and can't really figure out why you would, uh, but uh, uh, to the people that brag on themselves in any occupation, that's what they do. They proclaim their own goodness, either how smart they are or how strong they are or how, or how uh, rich they are. The verse in Proverbs 6 goes on and finishes with this. uh, but a faithful man who can find. So you gotta contrast, you gotta compare. What does that mean? Faithful to do what? How about, how about faithful to glorify God? We are left here to please God. We are left here to glorify Jesus Christ. Shouldn't be hard at all in considering in light of what he, he's done. And we sung about it. Those songs, those songs have more scripture in them and are more, Doctrinally applicable, Amen. To what we believe, then, most messages that are going across the pulpit somewhere in America this morning. Thank God for them, Amen. All right, it says this. I'll read a couple of verses as you go to Galatians. See, evangelists make stuff up. Only God makes me tell on myself. Brother Gip doesn't, but I do. So we're going to go to Galatians. Galatians, Amen. I'm not not condensing the New Testament. Galatians chapter 6. Let me read a couple verses. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews' stumbling block and under the Greeks' foolishness. In in, uh, chapter 2 of the first uh, epistle to the Corinthian church, he wrote in verse 2, But for I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ, him crucified. That was the main thing. I heard a preacher one one time say the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. I don't know about you, but that's, that's my level. That's my speed. Put it where it can be grasped. That right there is the essence of Bible Christianity. Jesus Christ is the main thing. Not what we think, not what we believe. He is the main thing. So Paul then writes this, and we're in Galatians Now, chapter 6 and verse 14, and, uh, and he writes this right here. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Amen. Now, Paul's making it real clear right there uh, that nothing is preeminent in his life to Jesus Christ and if you're saved that should be true of you as well I want to preach this morning on this thought for a few minutes they like it when a preacher says that <laughs> amen uh, uh, on a glory in the cross and here's why because without the cross that's why we're starting here without the cross nothing else really matters eternity hinges on the cross brothers and sisters so, glory in the cross this morning, let's have a word of prayer. Once again, Lord, we come to you in the precious, uh, magnificent name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for the privilege uh, that we have uh, to meet in a place like this. Uh, Christians all over the world have never been able to do this. Uh, most would trade places with us right now, even with our problems. And our problems are nothing for a God to whom all things are possible. Help us to keep that in mind. Lord, I pray you'd uh, allow me to say something this morning, put a smile on your face, glorify your son, be a help to these folks that have come and maybe some that are at home. And God, I just love you. May I never get over uh, thanking you for saving my wretched soul. And I just uh, pray, God, that all would be according to thy will this morning. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, Amen. Amen. I as you were saying those things, uh, uh Brother Mitchell, my wife, was smiling but she was also elbowing me and she said, Don't get a big head now. <laughs> amen. My Bible says before honor is humility, and I've noticed that when you start thinking too highly of yourself, God God's got a way of letting air out of that thing. And uh you we'd all do better just to stay humble than uh than make God have to do it. Amen. That's a good place for an Amen. I might point a couple out during the week. Amen. <laughs> all right, so uh, let me just say a couple things. And nothing new, I'm sure, but uh, there would be no hope without the cross. No hope without the cross. Uh, uh, Paul wrote in First Corinthians 15, and verse number 3, For I delivered unto you first of all. First of all, again, first things first. I mean, where do you think that comes from? King James Bible, amen? Uh, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Amen. We know that Christ died for our sins. Didn't die for his sins. He didn't have any sins. Amen. He went to the cross to make a way for salvation to be available to sinners. Now, let me see. Who's that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, Even Christians have a problem with uh, thinking, well, there's big sin and there's little sin. Listen, let me just clarify something. Let's just start off on the right foot. God doesn't uh, uh, go for any sin. Amen. Uh, uh, The wages of sin is death. And when sin prevails and isn't repented of and isn't confessed, uh, then something dies. And we think of death and we're thinking physical, but I've watched testimonies die. I've watched marriages die. I've watched I watch churches die. Because sin isn't kept in check. We're sinners by nature. But God allows us to take care of it, amen, in such a way as, as he has directed, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Beloved, that's the second best deal in town the best deal in town is confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath risen from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. God made it easy to get saved. God made it easy to stay right with him. but it all hinges on the same thing. Being honest. Honest with yourself. Honest with God. Jesus Christ died for our sins. Without that, without what he did on the cross of Calvary, we'd be without hope. Amen. We'd be without hope. And I want to point out to them this morning, Uh, It wasn't just any death. It wasn't just any death. It says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. There you go. Even the death of the cross. Amen. It definitely wasn't just any death. Amen. Uh, Punishment was severe uh, back in the old days, probably uh, because they didn't have near as many lawyers as we have now. They had lawyers. Jesus Christ rebuked them. If you spent as much money on lawyers in your life as I have, you'd love it when the Lord rebuked the lawyers. Amen. Uh, their system was a little uh, 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 speedier, amen, for lack of a better word, and punishment uh, could be very harsh according to the crime. Uh, sometimes people were fined. Sometimes people were fined. Sometimes people were beat severely. Amen. Uh, people were banished. Uh, listen, if you lived in the desert and there's not a lot of towns and you get banished, that'd be a, that'd be a rough way to go. Amen. You don't just move to the next town. You got to walk there. It might be a long way. You get banished and you're cut off from family and friends. Amen. That's a punishment for a crime. What crime? Who cares? People were, people were, were put into slavery. Amen. And punishment. Uh, people, were, people were stoned to death. Stephen was stoned to death. That was just uh, uh, some of the ways that they punished people, but but they kept one, man. They kept one for the most serious of all crimes. The, the word uh particularly heinous come up in the dictionary definition. Particularly heinous. Heinous means abominable. Uh, totally. Reprehensible. I mean, for the worst of the worst. made me wonder what them thieves stole, amen, to get them uh, the punishment, I mean, capital punishment, on the cross alongside Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was sent to the cross, the crucifixion of Christ. Everybody knows about it. They make movies about it. And uh, let me give you some uh, uh, dictionary definition of what it is. Crucifixion was considered the most cruel and disgusting form of capital punishment imaginable at that point in time in history. I'm telling you, what, I'm trying to think back. I don't know if they've come anything, come up with anything uh, more cruel or 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 disgusting since. I got to go to Mexico one year preach a youth camp quite a few years ago, and they they took along. Uh, we took along uh, Jack Jack Chick's movie, uh, The Light of the World. anybody ever see that? The Light of the World. And uh, so we, I saw it like five times. Five times uh, uh, during that week, they did it at a youth camp and they did it in the villages. We, we'd nail a, a sheet to a wall and start up a generator and project it. Of course, it was all in Spanish. So uh, for five, five times, I saw La Luz del Mundo, which I hope means the light of the world because I don't speak any Spanish. But I'll tell you what, I might not have what they were saying, but that thing depicted very clearly, amen, uh, exactly what was going on physically with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And when they, uh, when they define it as being horrible and disgusting and cruel, that uh, probably doesn't even, doesn't even sum it up. Crucifixion was intended to pr- provide a death that was particularly slow, extremely painful, gruesome, humiliating, and public. I wonder what the guy who dreamed that kind of thing up, man. I wonder what. His parents probably were pretty rough on him. He had a grudge, didn't he? Uh, Listen, you've heard the term excruciating? How many ever heard that? I get your hands up one way or another, probably. All right, excruciating. You know what that comes from? That comes from the word crucifixion. Amen. Excruciating means really bad. It says this. Take your Bible. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, we're talking about the cross a little bit this morning. We need to we need to come back to the cross now and then. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, it says, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You heard a, uh, the saying, uh, right-hand man? Guess where it came from? It says he endured the cross. Uh, death on the cross was primarily uh, to dis- dissuade its witnesses from perpetuating similar, amen, crimes. Victims were sometimes left on display for days after death as a warning to other potential criminals. You know, just, you know, thinking about it, that probably worked. That probably did a good job. Putting people on death row for 25 years doesn't dissuade much. Amen. But I guess if you if you beat a guy beyond recognition and nail him left him out there for two or three days after he died with the birds plucking his eyeballs out, I guess if you were thinking about pursuing a life of crime, uh, maybe you'd walk by there and uh, wonder what that smell was and look up there and say, you know what? That sounds good, but I don't want to risk that. That'd be a wise choice, amen. there really was probably some logic to what, the way they were thinking uh, that was saved the crucifixion was saved for the worst of the worst of the worst possible crime. you know in the penitentiary in the penitentiary uh, there's a code, and uh, let me tell you how that works. there is no no uh, tolerance, no respect. No honor whatsoever for somebody that's in prison for a crime against an elderly person or a child. I mean, you can, you know, your wife cheats on you and you kill the guy in prison. Hey, we understand. You rob a bank because you like money and people go, well, that's, you know. But buddy, I'll tell you what, you do something to a kid. You do something to a Why? Because they're defenseless. And all the convicts, they got kids in Most of them. And uh, they got parents. Amen. There's no respect for that. That's the worst of the worst. Listen, that's what they saved the crucifixion for. The worst of the worst. I emphasize that so in light of the fact that it says in John 18 and 38, Pilate saith saith unto him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. So they, they, they sentenced Jesus Christ to the worst. Possible punishment after finding him totally innocent, no fault in all, and then after finding no fault at all in John nineteen verse one, but Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him amen scourged uh that's a beaten uh just about beyond comprehension for you and I. It says in Isaiah 50 and verse 6, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Amen. Uh, listen, we had some guys in the old days in the club. They had a full beard. One day, uh, uh, a police officer, five police officers held one of our guys down, reached in that beard and jerked it out. But I'll tell you what, I can't even repeat the word that he used to describe how that felt. I don't even want to think about it. That's what they did to Christ. Some of you got beards. Think about that for a minute. Amen. All right, so then it says this. In Psalm uh, 22 and 17, I may tell all my bones. They look, uh, and stare upon me. And the only way I can explain that is when that, when that, uh, torture, that professional Roman soldier, uh, was, uh, scourging Jesus Christ and had that whip, uh, with bone and pieces of, of glass in the end, tied to the end, uh, pulled away and tore the flesh. Uh, it sounds to me like you can literally look down and see his ribs. Amen. Psalm 52 and verse 14 said, and as many were astonished at thee, his visage was more than, the, than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Listen, I've seen people beaten beyond recognition. I never saw anybody take it uh, willingly. Jesus Christ took it willingly and he took it for you and I. Uh, in John 19 and verse two, it says, and the soldiers uh, planted a a crown of thorns, and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, king of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. And Pilate therefore went went forth again and said to them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Three times Pilate said he found no fault. (laughs) And then he was sentenced. And he was not only sentenced to scourging, to this beating, uh, and not only sentenced to death. Beloved, he was sentenced to the death on the cross, the most horrific death conceivable. And that verse in Hebrews chapter 12 says, he endured it. He didn't endure that for anything he did. He endured that for you and I. Amen seems like uh, if we think about that a little bit more, it might be a little easier for us to endure some things for him. The Bible says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What I see traveling around in church somewhere every week, a lot of Christians are doing a lot of complaining and not much enduring. I don't want to be guilty of that. Amen. That's why I need to be in church. I need to be provoked. The Bible says, Iron sharpeneth iron, and so a man sharpeth the countenance of his friend. I need to be in the Bible. The Bible the Bible will keep you from uh, uh getting too big for your britches. Amen. Cuz it exalts him. it'll say, it'll it'll say things about mankind that uh, you'll drop your head and go woe is me. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Amen. Uh it says uh uh that Jesus Christ was sentenced to the crucifixion and uh and it said despising the shame It was a shame. He didn't just endure the pain. It's a despising uh, the shame. While the crucifixion was indeed an execution, it was also a humiliation. Uh, By making the condemned as vulnerable as possible, the person being crucified was usually stripped naked. Amen. And uh, let me say this. Beyond the pain and, and shame intended for regular offenders, uh, it included a factor that was exclusive only to Jesus Christ. And you find that in Second uh, Corinthians 5, verse 21. Bible says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, that's hard for us to, to get. Because, uh, you know, it says he died for our sins. And we're going to thank God because we are honest enough to admit that we're sinners and we're sinners. And uh so when it said this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, amen. Uh uh, we're all pre-qualified. Everybody needs it. Everybody is pre-qualified for salvation because we're sinners. Paul finished that verse in 1 Timothy 1 and said, Of whom I am chief. Amen. And uh and is the most spiritual guy on the planet at the time. But Paul's not amongst us anymore. He went on. He went on. Second Timothy chapter four said he was ready to be offered. He's not around anymore, but you and I have been jockeying for position of chief and sinners ever since. Thank God. There's, uh, there's hope for us. Thank God. There's salvation. Amen. Uh, he may, he became sin for us. Uh, we understand, uh, that we're sinners. We don't really grasp what that was like for him because he wasn't. He didn't have a sin nature. Amen. Let me make something real clear. When it said he became sin for us and knew no sin, Jesus Christ did not become a sinner. He became sin. Amen. The Bible said he was tempted at all points yet without sin. So don't get get that confused. Amen. Despising the shame. Uh, uh, He became sin for us. And then it said there in the Hebrews, Chapter 12, verse 2, like, he said, for the joy, for the joy that was set before him. What a, way to, what a way to phrase it. What possible joy could have made the most horrendous, reprehensible possible execution? What kind of joy could have been involved with that to make it worth it? And the joy is this. The Bible says in Luke 15, and verse 10, Likewise, I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that cometh to repentance. Are you saved in there this morning? Are you saved in there this morning? God got enough joy out of one of those hands that went up to make that cross worth it. You need to think about that. Amen. Man, you don't think like that. But that made it worth the to him. He got enough joy over Redeeming your soul. He got enough joy the day you bowed your heart to Jesus Christ, confessed that you were a sinner, believed in your heart what he did on the cross. God got enough joy out of that to make going to the cross worth it for his son. Amen. When you think about what Christ did, you know, we know it. I said, when we think about it, and we ought to think about it more than we do, Get caught up in this world, this life, cares of this life, affairs, all this, and it's all real. I'm not even downplaying it. But I'll tell you what, we need to have our attention brought back to the what this is really all about, and it's about Jesus Christ going to the cross to make a way for us to even assemble here this morning, and even have a reason to like each other. I tell you what, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, you wouldn't have me up here. Amen. I'd have been one of the ushers. I'd have been taking an offering with a Colt forty-five. Amen. (laughs) I had to say something to get a reaction. That works. It did work that time. Amen. So when you think about what Christ did, and you ought to, from leaving the splendor of a perfect environment, the splendor of heaven, to entering humanity through the womb of a virgin Jewish girl, to being plotted against and betrayed and lied about and mocked on the way to the cross. Beloved, never let the severity of the cross of Jesus Christ be diminished. Never let it just become a steeple ornament or a piece of jewelry. Amen. Talking to the ladies, hopefully. Amen. And uh, don't just refuse to let that happen. This is serious business. Amen. The cross of Christ. Uh, God forbid, he said, Paul said there in, in Galatians chapter 6 uh, in verse 14, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Would to God that were true of every believer. Would to God that was was true of me as much as I would like to say. Amen? But I'm just like you. I get caught up in the cares of this life. And I need this kind of thing. I need, I need church. I need revival. I need the fellowship of God's people. And we all need it. And it's what God subscribed. This isn't something that... Uh, some uh, religious guy came up with 200 years ago. Well, we need a know Jesus Christ founded the church. Jesus Christ established our kinship and Jesus Christ will bless it. and We need it. Uh, think about this. And uh, it says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, You have what you have right now going for you because Jesus Christ loved you. And not just that, because he loved you enough to go to the cross to make your sin, make it possible for your sins to be forgiven. Now, let me give you something that helps me out and we're talking about uh, glorying in the cross. We're talking about focusing on the cross. And these verses in Philippians chapter 3, I really like them. Of course, the next verse, verse 14, says this. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The mark, press toward the mark. Uh, the mark is a bullseye. Amen. If you look to a rifle scope. How many have ever looked to a rifle scope? How many women have looked? My wife, you did? Oh, never mind. Amen. You look through a scope with them crosshairs. What they fixate on, that's, that's the bullseye. Amen. Uh, that's what you're going to hit <laughs> if you're steady. You see other things, too. You look through a scope, and there's other things in the scope. But they're kind of blurry because your focus is on those crosshairs. Amen. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of distractions in life. There's a lot of things. We like to say, well, these days, uh, listen, There has always been a lot of distractions in life. You know, we need to be careful uh, not to get some kind of martyr complex. There's always been opposition to living for God, okay? Not something new that came around with government, amen? Uh, remember that burned-at-the-stake thing, some of those hymns that are... Uh, in the hymnal, wherever it is, probably put away for COVID, whatever your reasons are, uh, some of those hymns. Uh, there's Christians that that went stepped into glory singing hymns while being burned alive. Remember that? Amen. Oh, they make me wear a mask. Shut up. I'm trying to say that nicely. I promised back there. I was saying, God help me to be nice. I'm trying. Amen. Listen, I got to go. I got to go to uh, Scotland and preach. And, uh, and uh, one of the main tourist attractions in downtown Edinburgh is the Beheading Stone. And uh, I mean, there's a traffic circle around it. Right now, you go there, and you know, oh, this is where, you know, 400 years ago, the, yeah, 400 years ago, this is where X number of Christians were beheaded because they wouldn't renounce Jesus Christ and, and, and rejoin the. Church of Scotland. Then you go across town and there's Great Cemetery. And I stood before the mass grave. And it says right on it, 18,000 Christians were killed and thrown in these open graves. Listen, we got nothing to complain about. You hear me? So I say this, and, uh, and I don't know what 2021 is going to hold. They say 2020's uh, uh, hindsight. Uh, how does that go? Uh hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm glad 2020 's in the hindsight now. But I don't know what the next I don't know what this one's gonna hold anyway. But here's my formula to keep focused, it's keeping the cross in the crosshairs. In spite of whatever they throw at us. and If you're saved this morning and you're struggling to stay focused, man, could I just beseech you this morning to take a, a long look at the cross? As a matter of fact, as we start this day, this week, this month, this meeting, let's take a good long look at the cross. Amen? Get it back into the crosshairs of our life. Get focused on what Jesus Christ would have us focused on. And I guarantee you what you're going to find is some of the things that may seem like a real big deal right now, Well, they're not going to be that big a deal at all. How many times did you get wrapped up over some issue and as soon as it's over a month later, it's like you don't even remember. Why? Because... The world keeps throwing more at you, but that cross is constant, and that cross is our source of, of, of relief and assurance and faith and strength, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just, could I beseech you to uh, uh, keep the cross in the crosshairs? Let me say this, and I'll be done. If you're in here and you're not saved, you're at home, you're not saved, you're listening to this thing. The cross, salvation. I didn't even know to have to be saved. I I asked. God. I knew I was a sinner. I was in jail. I was going to prison. I uh, had enough. Sin- I heard the gospel. I had enough sense to have two things to admit. I was a sinner. I worked at it. I wasn't like some people that well. I'm not that bad of a sinner. Oh, I hope you're not. Good. Be careful. You might be. You might be right around the corner. The next step. But maybe you're not that bad of a sinner. Uh, your sin was still going to take you to the same hell. Amen? I had enough sense uh, uh, to to admit that I was a sinner, and if hell was real, I was going there, and if the Bible's true, Jesus Christ died on what? On the cross? For me? And that morning, I laid that King James Bible uh, uh, next to my rack in a little five-by-seven cell, and I said, Lord, if that book's true, I got bigger problems than I thought. And if that book's true forgiveness is available to somebody like me if that's true I want in on it I didn't even know that I didn't even know the word saved or salvation but most of you do most of you listening at home do salvation is forgiveness of sin amen and Jesus Christ went to the cross to make that available and nothing else makes that available nothing Christ said I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me and he went by the way of the cross. Amen? So if you're not saved, you need to get saved. I don't need your story. I don't need your circle. You need to get saved. You better get saved, for you step into eternity unforgiven. And uh, you can be. But it's up to you. He did everything need needed to be done. Now it's your move. Whether you're in here, at home, it's all about him, what he did for you. You need to make a move toward Christ, and you can get your sins forgiven. Say, brother Bird, and I got problems. Good, we're supposed to. We're not in heaven yet, Amen. But if we can stay focused on the cross, well, I'll tell you what: the ride now will be easier. We might, we might have make the influ- we might have the impact, the influence on somebody else along the way, like our kids, like our grandkids, like our neighbors. I mean, come on, let's get busy for God this week, keeping. The, the cross of Jesus Christ as our main focus, not glory in riches and, and wisdom and strength, might it said. Let's glory in him.